Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognar the Young, the Young Grognar, kicking each other live with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure, uh, the Herald, and the quest, uh, the past. In the last episodes of the podcast, the party had made it to Gallant Bay, where they found out shit's fucked up, looking for Unthrendil to find information and possibly some salvation. Doesn't seem likely, as everybody says, that's a bad idea. You probably shouldn't do that. Don't go, don't touch the thing. Don't be with that guy. Don't do that. And now the party find themselves on the way to fighting an, a, a frost giant so that they can earn the trust of the Lord and be homies. So he'll give you the, what, the treasure map to, to Spooky Island there, the icon of despair. But along the way, seeing the sights and doing the things, the party uh, have run into a very unfortunate uh, end with the uh, reindeer minotaur guy out here, one of the uh, wild ones out here in the woodlands. Uh, apparently it's mating season and nobody got the memo on the party's end. So Norhill decided to take one for the team. He decides he's going to activate his marching boots and his super helmet. And he's about to try to fuck up this giant ass minotaur beast that's charging right at him. So we're just going to jump right in on this one. Um, yeah, the gap was cleared to about 300 feet by the moment you told me what you were doing. So I guess we're just going to go for a one straight contest as you clear the distance in the field to rush up to this thing and just head bonk it i'm imagining logistically speaking you're gonna have to jump at the end of your run to like just like fly through the air like a missile with your helmet <laughs> just because right like i mean think about it like but, there's no way your head would meet that thing's head so it, it's gonna lean its head down by how much i don't know i'm hoping they can meet in the middle <laughs> so um let's get a quick recap you said you were using the helm uh yes i am using the helm which, okay. yeah, so because I'm using the boots and an action to dash, uh, once I make contact, uh, the creature is going to need to make a strength saving throw at disadvantage uh, and either be pushed back or knocked prone. And I'm not sure which one is more fitting for this scene. I think probably knocked prone. Yeah, knock his ass out. Um, okay. All right, so I'll tell you what. I'm going to roll that saving throw just to see if outright that happens. And if that doesn't happen outright, we're going to go to the actual contest. And okay. you're going to have to push back. So 14, a disadvantage? Yep. 
Okay. So Nora Hill is pumping. What's the what's the speech for the boots again? Uh for glory I march. So as he's sprinting across the field, yelling that, uh, activates the helmet as well, full-on dashes as this giant pile of muscle and antlers comes charging forward. You leap up at the last second like an iron missile and just fly through the air, smack into its skull, and you feel like all of your teeth connect in the most <laughs> brutal clacking way. You feel your eyeballs like shift. You feel your brain slide down lower. You feel all of the muscles. Uh, he's going to get fucking CTE impact. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just like you got hit by a Mack truck. And as you fall to the ground on your face, flat down on the ground, the next thing that you feel is like reality comes back to consciousness and you feel like the world kind of stops spinning is a massive good as the earth shakes around you as this giant reindeer beast has landed flat on its back and is now kicking and bucking to stand back up again. So uh, Norhill, you know, stands up to his full uh, four foot seven height um, and bellows at the reindeer. The strength of the Lord of the Halls is not to be contested. Can you do a deer sound for me? <laughs> no, I actually don't think I can. I do not have the range for that. You'll have to watch uh, the Halloween special uh, for me trying to make strange noises. I was going to ask you if you could do the Sam Squamish noise again, but I don't remember how that went. I think it was something like a but you know, that's that's just a guesstimate. I can't really do what you did there, so. I can't do what I did either. We'll say we bleeped it out for the listener at home just because it's it's apparently too racy. Uh, turns out Norhill tried to recreate the sound of the, like the mating call of the deer here. Um, instead says something very, very like unfortunate and rude in, in like elk speak. And so when they hear it, it just it gets bleeped out because they're like and only Klika knows because Klika speaks all the languages. So she's like, oh, Norhill. <laughs> Why I just never knew he felt that way about fucking what's the name for deer and elk and all them ungates? Or is that you know? Honestly, I'm willing to roll with it. There's nothing I can roll to know that, so I'm not gonna. The people um, at home can fact check that. Fuck that. Um, so with that, the uh, the giant deeratar here stands back up on its on its hoofs and stands to its full height, looks back down at you, and then starts marching backwards, turns around and trots off into the trees, ashamed, hooked. Um, and so with that, Norhill now has tons of like deer cred <laughs> and is now very very attractive to deer. But unfortunately, now the toughest of the deeratar are looking for your ass. Oh no. It's ungulation. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Found it. Um, so, with that, what's the party's plan now? Are, are there any other in the like deer in the distance, or is it just that one? I mean, there was the other one that this one was fighting with. So, I do you want to stick around and wait for another one? Yeah, Norhill will, will say, We should be on our way before I have to defend my title. I only get one of those. Per rest, you know, uh, Clicker can guess cat nap. <laughs> I'm 
mean, <laughs> kind of feeling lucky as Jarzak pulls out Domro's luck. <laughs> I, you know, what are you going to smack one of these giant things? It's going to run into charge, and you're just going to baseball smack it. <laughs> And then what? It's going to turn into spaghetti, and then you're going to have a war crime on your hands, okay, Jarzag? We know about I, I not don't think Jarzag's concerned about that. Yeah, I don't think Jarzag is concerned <laughs> about war crimes. What is the name of his throne again? <laughs> it's the blood throne, isn't it? Yeah, the bleeding stones there on the throne. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, as the party... Uh, begin to question the etymology of deer names. Um, the uh, dawning of uh, the quest is upon ye. So, uh, I suppose we could roll for survival to continue now that we're not yeah. afraid of giant deer beasts or potentially more afraid of them. I you know, you can't go wrong. I got a 13. Okay, so the party continue to march off towards the mountains for the rest of the day. Um, by nightfall, the cold winds come in again. It's, again, not as punishing as you might anticipate it to be, but it's definitely very cold. So what's the plan for the camp? Uh, Norhill will camp. Will try to camp us in, like, a hollow uh, in the land, you know, again, to get as much protection from the wind as possible, in addition to our big pavilion tent. Okay. I'll say that you can find a rocky outcropping in one of the smaller little, like, subsections of hill. Thanks. So, um, with that in mind, um, was there a watch we were going to set up or anything? Uh, yeah. yeah, almost certainly. Almost. Yeah, Norhill will take one of the middle watches, I suppose. Like his own last watch. And he can take the first watch. Okay. So I guess it's Jarzak on second or third. <laughs> Sounds good. Who's the first watch again? Anton. Nice. So with that, as the party wind down in their small campsite here, nestled between the cracks, um, Anton's the one who keeps the fire going, right? Yeah. Of course he does. The, the meta reason for the reason we do the watch in this way is Anton's always first because he wants the fire going on his watch and then as soon as his watch is over I'll, I'll go second. We, yeah we put the fire out <laughs> so that uh, we can't get spotted after that point and then Kleeka always has to go after Jarzak to make sure that Jarzak when he rolls around in mud at night can get cleaned up for the morning Jesus Christ so yeah we have know, a agreement on it now yep we have a routine all right. So, um, Jar- Jarzak promised Kleeka to always go before her on watch. <laughs> We've got this down to a science. Uh, in that case, could I get a, a perception check from Anton? Sure. First watch this time. It's not, it's uh, not Jarzak. What'd you get? 12. Okay. So Anton's uh, turn to see the weird cryptids. Yeah, I was gonna say Jarzak's not on cryptid watch tonight. Well, we gotta be wa- careful now. The first time I saw some crazy shit, I got cracked open like a can. So, <laughs> <laughs> so as uh, Anton is sitting tending to the fire, listening to the snores of the cuddling trio within the giant tent there that has been reduced to a modest size, 
Um, Anton can tell out of like the corner of his eye that there is indeed uh, something very terrifying happening. And as he realized how much he's consciousness had kind of drifted into the dancing of the flames and kind of just like losing himself in his own tiredness after marching around like this. Uh, Anton sees a giant blue gray hand reaching into the tent and the sound of ruffling bags is sort of the one thing that tells you that it is far too late. Um, Unfortunately for Anton, a frost giant has already made it into the camp. Somehow, Anton did not sense a frost giant walking into camp, and this (laughs) frost giant has already grabbed a handful of backpacks. And at the moment, this thing is like leaving the camp with the backpacks and looks down at you with a very unfortunate and ugly and angry look. You look back at it, and it just gives you a snarling look as if like, do you really want to fucking do this? Um, and my health still isn't back up, right? Because I haven't slept. Fuck. No, you yeah. had an entire day. Oh, let me fix that one second. <laughs> One second. Yeah, we've had at least two rests since combat. So, what are you gonna do? As the thing just kind of looks at you in an intimidating way, as it gets its uh, bearing uh, to just walk away with literally all of the stuff that the party had on in the in the tent. Is it like directly like above bag? me? Wait, what? Is it like directly above me? Like how far away is it from me? He's about the fire's distance away from the tent. It's probably like 15, 20 feet. Um, one second. Nope. I think you a countdown. He's like, going to turn tail and run. No, I was going to do a um, sacred flame on him and just see if that did anything. I doubt fire spell work on him, but fuck it. Why would a fire spell not work on him? Yeah, Firefell should be extra good against him. You think so? I don't know. He's wicked. He might be too cold for it. But I'm going to try Sacred Flame on him. Uh, he has okay. to make a deck save a 16. So let me... You're going to free. Let me... What do you get? A three. Oh! Well, then he's taken 17 points of Sacred Flame damage. Okay, so go ahead and roll initiative for me, as well as the rest of the party. Sure. Uh, uh, that is that's happening. Anton yells out, "Get out of here!" Frost giants afoot, and I got a four. <laughs> Twelve. Isn't that funny? Frost giant afoot. Uh, Sixteen. Anybody get? Okay, I was just gonna just ask that. get out there, and it's just fucking. What is it? Uh, Saturn devouring his son, but it's the frost giant eating Anton in his armor. Just, <laughs> holy shit, Anton, how does this keep happening to you? <laughs> the frost giant just has his jaw hinged like a snake. It's the armor, it's too tight. <laughs> they like the crunch. <laughs> That's my goopy middle. Uh, I got a 16 as well. All right, roll off. 
Uh, one. All right. I should beat that as long. I got a five, yeah. Nice. What about Jarzak? Twelve. Okay. Cool. All right. So in that case, um, I think that the thing getting hit for that much damage is enough to make it make a big hooting and hollering noise. Um, so at that point, the party do have an opportunity to make their perception checks. So let's go ahead and roll the perception checks real quick. You guys get it at advantage. Sixteen. Eleven. Twenty for Anton. Oh wait, Anton doesn't have to. Oh, never mind. Well, I got a nat 20, so a 19. Okay, so the entire party are awakened by the sound of the thing, letting out that deep bellowing as it gets hit. Um, unfortunately for Anton, you see the giant great axe that this thing has upon its back come unsheathed. The, the face of the axe itself is nearly as big as your entire torso is, and it does not look like this thing's happy to have ha- to fight you for what it's pillaging. Um, so we can start the round with Klika at the top. Um, again, you're not armored or armed, I'd imagine. I, I the fact mean, like, that the thing took how, backpacks. How difficult is it for me to pull Flicker? I assume I don't keep Flicker in a backpack, not like my. Oh, yeah, I'd so, say that your weapons are probably close to your bedrolls. Yeah, so Klika can grab Flicker and it's gonna run over and try. Dabbing this thing with a booming blade. Okay. Does a 27 hit? I sure hope so. Yes. Mm. 10 plus... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to do a lot of different rolls because I don't have it set up for regular flicker. Uh, 15 damage. Okay. So as you stab it square in the back of the leg, the thing bellows out again in pain and starts shouting in giant. Um, Anton's the only one who knows what giant sounds or how to yeah. understand a giant. Um, but this thing's yelling for help. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... Bitch move, if you ask me. So now it goes to Norhill, if that's the end of your turn for Klika. Yeah, I was going to Fury the Small, but I won't do it this time. I got to that point, and I was like, well, I already sort of finished up, and I don't want to set Dan off again. <laughs> yeah. I, um, can Norhill grab uh, the hook hammer and his shield? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. All right, uh, so Norhill's going to run out in his uh, bathrobe and wombat sweaters. Uh, slippers, not sweater. Oh. I mean, it could be a sweater. It's the wombat slippers, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, so can, uh, can Norhill <laughs> get up to the giant in one normal movement? Yeah, the giant's only about five to ten feet away from you guys in your bed. Okay, so Norhill's going to start attacking with the hook hammer. Uh, let's see. The first attack is going to be a 27 to hit. That's good. Um, and I'll just roll the 
secondary attack right now. Uh, the second attack is going to be a 22 to hit. Okay. Uh, that's going to be 24 points of magical piercing and lightning damage. Okay. Yeah, so this thing looks heartily wounded by these attacks. Was that both attacks in one? Uh, yep, that was both attacks in one. And Norhill is going to action surge uh, to, to get two more attacks. Yeah, because you know you're going back to bed after this, aren't you? It's going to be shame the I mean, he also wants it to stop yelling. Because uh, even though Norhill doesn't understand giant, um, it's definitely not good. Uh, so let's see. That's only an 11 to hit. That's a miss. And a 12. Ugh, what a waste of hurt. ability. So, I, I mean, I could see it, though. Norhill's huffing and puffing to try to swing as many times as physically possible on this thing to shut it up. He just swings all kinds of wild and all over the place. Okay. Uh, is that the end of your turn? Uh, that is a full round, yes. Okay. So with that, the giant, after recognizing that you little punies have gotten a couple attacks on it, it looks down at both of you with a look of anger and swings its axe at both of you, nearly taking up the tent with both swings. Um, so the first attack is going to be for Klika. Uh, that attack should be made at disadvantage. I'm going to use my reaction for the protection fighter ability. You son of a bitch. I rolled a 19 natural plus whatever the bonus is. And I'm like, you just had to take that away from me? Yes. So disadvantage? Yep. Okay. It's not not great. Click hey, a, more like click misadvantage. 21. For fuck's sake. Well, I got a 20. So I mean, hey, if I'm, not, if I'm not wearing the cloak of protection... Well, I sleep, uh, then it's a 20. It's up, it's up to you. Good. All right, I got a 21 on Norhill, though, so suck that. Uh, yeah, Norhill's unarmored armor class is only a 12, so... Yeah, we've done this before. And I don't have my damage reduction because I'm not wearing armor. Yeah, this is this is also why Klika didn't teleport away. Uh, these, these encounters are so mean to Norhill. Well... Cry harder, Norhill. Um, I got 24, 28 points of damage on a swing. So as it swings well past Klika, who ducks, Norhill says, what? And gets hit in the ribs with the axe blade. Klika starts saying, I didn't say. I mean, Norhill extended himself to protect Klika, so. Okay, I'll take that. Um, but after that, this thing uh, turns tail and begins to run out of the camp. Hell so yeah. you guys can get an attack of opportunity on it. Uh, Norhill, already uses, uh, Norhill already uses his reaction. It takes seven thunder damage just okay. for moving. And then I will take an attack of opportunity. What were you saying, Ronnie? Does it still have our bags? Uh, yeah, it hasn't dropped them yet. Ah, fuck. We gotta get them. Imagine why is that the funniest thought? Just a huge giant running away with your backpacks, screaming for help as he got <laughs> cut up by you nerds. Just Norhill and his wombat slippers. Can we just put this whole thing together real quick? <laughs> <laughs> like, Even um, bet. So yeah, 
Always good that he's shrouded in booming energy. Something we've never quite understood what that meant. Doesn't that make a whole bunch of noise? Uh, probably. No, it is it's called... an implosion. We looked that up one time. It doesn't make any noise whatsoever because it's imploding. Because that's, that's weird. That's because a, that thunder damage, um, almost every spell that deals thunder damage says yeah. that you know it can be heard from up to 300 feet away. The, the, the thunder not... clap cantrip makes a bunch of noise. I think, but uh, he takes eight, six, nine, twenty-three damage from Klika. Okay. I am going to use Fury the smallest time, and that's the flicker damage. How, how much damage is that? It was twenty-three total. I was just saying where it all okay. came from. Okay, just making sure. All right, so he's not dead. He's definitely screaming and running in terror. Um, but yeah, so the next turn after he runs out of the camp, his full speed, about 40 feet away from here, uh, it goes to Jarzak. Okay. Uh, Jarzak walks about 10 feet closer and then bonus action teleports right behind him. Uh, pulls out the giant Slayer Great Axe. Okay. Oh, boy. Not even time for my watch yet. Just swings it at him. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you didn't throw use Domero's luck. I was thinking you're gonna chuck it at him. Oh, he's got a That's... giant Slayer great axe, and we're fighting a giant. What else is he gonna fight with? <laughs> That's uh, 14 luck. to hit or an okay. 18. Do either of those hit? It's a uh... Wait, you say 14 or 18? Wait, why yeah, is it for both my attacks? I just rolled okay, both attacks. Okay. I was so confused. I'm like, <laughs> or I get to pay, what is this? Dirty fucking Harry? Yeah, the 18 hits, the 14 doesn't. Okay. Um, and then uh, you already know how the giant slayer axe works for the bonus. Yep. Uh... so for everybody else at home, it's a plus two d6 points of damage of the weapon's type. Uh, and the giant must succeed on a DC 15 strength saving throw or fall prone. So total is 21 damage. Okay. And then the strength save. Okay. All right. Let's see how this fucker does. Oh, hold on. Wow. Okay. I got one below 15 on that one. So he actually, it's stopped completely dead in his tracks as he falls forward with a huge kaboom as the earth shakes yet again under the party's mirth. Birth? Mirth? Which one was it? Well, neither in this. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. I actually think mirth might work in this one. No. <laughs> We roll with it like we were not so (laughs) jolly that giant died. And then, I mean, you could be maybe that's the problem with your party. Uh, Jarsak's then gonna use the rest of his uh move to just get on the other side of the giant where it was running to, so he'll have to run past Jarsak to go further. Okay, perfect. So yeah, he's laying on the ground in a in a huff and he's crying for help yet again. Uh but now it goes to Norhill. So he's Did we skip Wait, An- we skipped Anton. Anton's next. Yeah. I actually put your name on there twice. It is Hell Anton. Yeah. 
we're getting back into this this meta. See, because <laughs> here, let me pull back the let me pull back the curtain a little bit on this. When I write the names for the initiative, writing A N T makes me think it's actually Anthony. Which again, <laughs> the idea that Anton is in the same campaign as an Anthony, it just never stops to come. So when I wrote that down, I was like, yeah, all right. So anyway, it goes to Anton. He is he like pro, is he prone? Yeah, hundred percent. First thing Anson's gonna do is rip the bags out of his possession. I don't know that you have the movement speed to get there. Oh, I don't. It's fifty-five feet away from you. Oh fuck! I'm not a monk. Sorry, I mixed up my other character. Ah. Yeah, and I'm sure they're really cool, Ronnie. No, it's just faster. Uh, I I can only do thirty feet, so I can't. Um, I was. It's that. I might. Do you have reduced speed because your armor? Never mind. That's not worth it. Think so, but I was gonna hit it with a scorching ray, but that might be overkill. Yeah, that's a ranged attack. He would have disadvantage because he's prone. You know, because yeah, I'll just I'll just yell up ahead. I'm like, I don't know if there's any friends coming, but get our bags. So he gets on speed again. You could still try to shoot it with disadvantage, even you know what I mean. You could also dash up to it too. Uh, yeah, I mean, but then you, you can't do a, anything else. You could use a spell that's a saving throw, or you could sacred flame would work. Sacred flame him again. Sacred flames. I mean, this it, it's sixty feet. Is that good enough? Yeah, it's yeah, fifty-five, 55 feet, away. feet away. Alrighty, I'll try it. It has to be a dex save of a sixteen. Okay. Yeah, he didn't. He got 13 points of damage. All right, and that's enough to kill him. Oh, God. Fuck. Anton finally killed something. He's like, dear God, is this what it feels like? Kalika just goes back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're killing your killer alive. now, Anton. <laughs> so where did you sacred flame it? Was on the ground. I imagine I just sacred flame his whole body. Oh, that's terrifying! Fire, <laughs> holy conflagration! All right. So with that, the party uh, having retrieved their stolen pilfered goods here, I've learned a very uh, quick lesson about frost giants that Jarzak definitely already knew because his nature checks are fucking buck wild here. Um, yeah, this guy was more willing to go out with the loot than he was to fight the party to the end. So kind of shows you right off the bat what kind of culture these guys have is pilfering pirates looking for the loot. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what's the party's plan? Well, I hope they didn't take advantage of us leaving the camp and taking more of our shit. So No, you guys are still only like 30 feet away. I just saying Anton missed one of them walking in the camp when he was awake. So he doesn't know. They might be sneaky, sneaky giants. So he plans to grab whatever he can, get help from the rest of the party, and just get back to the tent for now. He doesn't know if any other... I mean, he was screaming loud, so he doesn't know what else is going to come out of the darkness. Okay. So, um, all right. And you're just going to leave the body there? I am. I don't know about everyone else. I mean, we're not exactly going to go about like dragging it away. 
I don't know if anyone else wants to loot it. I mean, yeah, Norhill will go up and uh, loot it uh, and then help carry the bags back. Okay. So reaching through one of its pockets, you find uh, a very grisly bit of raw meat that's just been kind of chilling in his pocket. Um, Welcome to the other part of Frost Giant culture that's annoying. Um, Yeah, just all the raw meat they can eat. Um, But his other pocket that he has is filled with coins. Um, He has 87 gold coins and five platinums. Damn. Yeah, man. Just robbing this poor little human settlement for all it's worth. He's full of mirth. He's mirthful. No, he's dead. You can, you know, maybe in the afterlife. (laughs) Maybe someone who's better at math than me can uh, say how that loot should be divided. I feel like you should just hold it in one pocket until you get home and have to concern yourselves with it there. All right. I'll write it down since Norhill was the one doing the searching. Fair enough. So after pilfering the pockets of the pilfering, piratey, mirthful giant, um, what does the party do now? Uh, so can you describe like the rocky the the rocky outcropping that we're camping with uh, by a little bit more? Yeah, the way I saw it was that there's like um, because you guys are in sort of rolling hills at this point with some foresty bits and thickets all around it. This is all leading to like the uh, the larger mountainous structure that you guys are headed to. So you're actually very close to it. But this is sort of one of those locations where the rocks sort of tear out of the ground and they're sort of rocky faces. And you guys are in between a part of like sort of like one of the crags in the thing. So you've kind of put yourselves right into the corner of it. You know what I'm saying? And you guys just like left the little Pac-Man mouth of the cave corner here and wandered off into the trees where the giant was trying to run away. Okay. Uh, so what Norhill's going to do is he's going to use uh, some of the climbing gear uh, that he has, you know, the 500 feet of rope and, you know, pythons and hammers and everything. He's going to set up like a rope perimeter around the camp, you know, maybe 20, 25 feet uh, in diameter around the around the tent and attach like, you know, some rocks, uh, loose rocks, bits of metal, you know, maybe like, yeah, you know, just whatever garbage he can find that'll make noise so that, you know, if something crosses the perimeter and hits the rope, it'll make a noise. Okay. You take some of the bones that the giant had, like on one of his bracelets on his wrist, and you tie them up around the rope so they clack together, the little rib bones there. Okay. So the overall effort takes about an hour to set up, but at that point, um, it is like the dead of night. It is utterly silent apart from the whistling wind. Uh, what was the party's plans for sleeping at this point? We'll probably just go back to our regular watch our watch schedule that yeah, we already had. Jarzak already went back to bed while Norhill was setting mm-hmm. all that up. All right, so Nor- Norhill will take a double shift on the watch then. Okay. Well, you were set to like, watch yeah, anyway, you... right? What? Yeah, yeah, Norhill was next anyway, so basically he's taking a double watch on the shift. Oh, okay, so he stayed up to put the thing up, and then he's going to yeah. stay up. Okay, that's negligible as well. So at this point, uh, party is sleeping. Um, the watches go by without issue. Jarzak gets dirty. The fire goes out. Klika cleans him. The usual. Uh, morning comes with the sound of the songbirds and um, 
Yeah. Camp seems to be in total. Uh, seems fine. The giant's corpse is exactly where it was. And he smells no more than he did when he was alive at this point. Is that a it's good a- thing or a bad thing? I was not really able to know. benefit from the long rest. Yeah. And the only concern is that he was calling for help and clearly, as far as we know, either no help came because there was no help or no help came because they didn't want to help. So something's odd about that. He wouldn't call for help if he went somewhere alone. We'll just have to do our best uh, to remain on the lookout and be more careful when we set our camp. We don't, we don't, and it's interested. I'm pretty sure we kept the map that was found from the ogres. We don't yep. happen to be near the um, are we? there's a bunch of sounds right there. Are you asking if you're close to the, the actual like crag that they live in? Yeah. Yeah, you guys are only about a half day's journey from there. Pretty much right here, you're just going to start a hike into the mountains and you'll be there by like midday. Got it. Which, speaking of which, would you like to roll those survival checks? Sure. Anson's just trying to think of more of like now what would frost giants being so much bigger than us want with human-sized gear? As he's thinking about that. Again, it's the psychology of them just being like, they just pilfer. That's their thing. They're just raiders. They just like, they don't mine for their own gear. They don't generate their own wealth. These are just professional raiding thieves. Fucking lazy ass bitches. Yeah, there's like the whole opposite greedy bastards. Um, And Anton got a 16. He's going to teach them a lesson about charity. You know, Anton, this is probably Anton's arch nemesis. They're cold. They're thieves. That's probably why he speaks giant. Oh, God. Just so that one day he'd be able to give (laughs) one giant a good fucking talking to in his own language. Yeah, he's got to teach him the way of light and the way of charity. That's Um, what's coming. Uh, 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 Tragaloka is going to get a nice stern talking to from Grandpa Anton. Oh God, my future wife! Oh no, oh, no, the odd couple. No. <laughs> you know, it's not funny, but maybe it is a little bit funny. I was going to start doing the odd couple soundtrack, but then I thought about doing the Super Bowl soundtrack instead, and I, for some reason, that's even funnier. Thinking, oh no, my wife, and then just something <laughs> about that just. It, it, it does a certain irreverent humor for me that I can't explain. But anyway, with a 16, Anton leads the party on their march up into the mountains here, looking for a particular crevasse where apparently the entrance to this place is, um, climbing up the more uh, abrupt and sort of broad face of the mountain here can be kind of difficult. So can I get an athletics check from the entire party? Oh, Norhill gets advantage because climbing gear. Nice. 12. Oh, I crit. I got 22. This is apparently it's in Let's Cave. Uh, let's see. This is an athletics check. Yep. No, 
Norhill got a 21. Nice. What about Jarzak? Burn it again. Uh, Jarzak's going to cast fly on himself. <laughs> I hope pick up play call on the way. Huh? How long does it last? Ten minutes. How? Well, it's an arduous trek throughout the mountains the entire way, is what I'm oh, saying. Jeez. Okay. If you cast fly, I'll give you advantage. Oh, I got a four. At advantage. No, I'm not going to use the spell. I okay. I take it back. Jarzak, uh, trying to climb this mountain, uh, for a few hours as he does. Uh, it takes a toll on him, so you're going to have one level of exhaustion. You're saying that Jarzak climbed the mountain and turned around, saw his reflection <laughs> the snow-covered don't, hills? Don't do, it. don't do it. We're not talking like this. <laughs> um, so by the top, once you guys reach one of the higher peaks here um, and look down at the crevasse, it's a breathtaking view looking at where like the two uh, sides of this mountain that almost look like they were bisected by a giant axe or something like that. But as you look down deep between the um, like the two faces here of mountain that are coming together at like a perfect middle point in this crevasse, you can see a swinging rope and wooden bridge a ways down the way. But looking much closer on the side that you guys are on, there is a stairwell that descends down into the side of the mountain. So it looks like you guys have found sort of the layer of the frost giants. So the stairs, unfortunately, appear to be made for giants. And each step is like five feet out and then drops like two feet down. So even climbing down the stairs is like an incredibly difficult and annoying process. Um, but was there anything you guys wanted to do before we head into this place or at least approach it? Well, do we, do we see anyone out, like outside? Is there any guards, anything of that sort? Ogres, giants, etc.? No, but I'll I'll allow an investigation check. Unfortunately, because of how like blinding white the uh, snow is up here at this point, it's going to be pretty hard to see things. Well, I've fumbled and got an eight, so nice. I think it's just too bright. Fumbled and got an eight. <laughs> Normal crit on the, that investigation check for a total of a twenty-one. Damn. Okay. What is more um, so one eagle eyes? Uh, so one thing that you see that you can point out to the party is as you look down this crevasse, uh, you can see that there is in fact uh, on the same side of the structure that the stairwell is that you're going down on. Um, you can see that there's sort of a crack, uh, sort of carved out in the side of the wall here, with almost like fenestrations, like little windows where it seems like maybe some sort of archers or some sort of ranged units might be able to like defend the canyon down below or maybe even the bridge itself or something. Um, but it looks like there's like little windows here that somebody could be leaning out of and doing something out of. So the idea uh, of any guards being on duty, if you are seen, it seems like they would see you from there. And if it's the case, it looks like they would have already seen you by now. Norhill's uh, grit I will lend and say it doesn't look like you see anybody peeking through and looking back at you. Uh, Norhill will war warn the party. Uh, he only sees these uh, on the same side of the crevasse as the stairs, right? He doesn't see any on the other side? Nope. 
Okay. Uh, so Norhill will warn the party. Murder holes. Keep your heads down and close to the wall. Lucas head is kind of always down. Yeah, so basically Norhill is is going to walk up the stairs with basically one shoulder brushing the wall so that it would be almost impossible for an archer shooting through to get an angle on him. Okay. Makes sense to me. All right. So the stairs themselves uh, arc down about 60, 75 feet from where you guys jump onto the stairs. Um, And they land at a small landing that seems just about big enough for one of those frost giants to stand. And it appears as if there's some sort of like a mountainous entrance, something that's like a structure built into it with a big, massive, like stone door onto it. Um, So what would you guys like to do as you can see that at the bottom? The canyon itself, by the way, the ground, the the ground itself is probably about 400 to 500 feet down. Like you guys are like those spooky fucking death defying mountain goats that chill on like the side of a mountain ledge with just their tippy toes. That's you guys right now on the staircase. Um, unless something stops him, Norhill would like to go stand before the doors. Okay. Uh, so is there anything in particular about the doors? Are they decorated at all? Uh, to be honest, no. They're not very decorative whatsoever. It almost looks as if they are built so practically that maybe they themselves were built by dwarves, it, like frontiersmen dwarves, ones that just built this place for like, you know what I mean? Like just for like a sort of like a redoubt kind of deal here, not like a lavish layer or anything like that. But for the most part, it doesn't look to be of any uh, fancy maker quality. The door knockers on this thing are pretty high up to the point that it looks like Jarzak being the tallest would probably have to reach well above his head and like pull it back on tippy toes to pull the door open. Okay, uh, Jarzak, can you get a start on opening these doors? Uh, Sure. Jarzak will try to open the doors. Okay, so Jarzak tippy toes over and pulls on one of the door latches. The door opens up surprisingly with great ease, um, but the sight before you as you do so is um, not a welcoming one. Uh, the entryway here itself is, again, sort of, it looks like it must be like of dwarvish make or something, um, but the walls are all sort of uh, hewn stone and brick, uh, same with the ground, but the ceiling arches up high enough that you could picture a giant being comfortable inside of it. Um, but to the left and to the right of you are a couple of sort of indents in the wall, um, sort of like a alcoves of sorts. Um, but unfortunately, they seem to be used more like kennels at this point, as you can tell that a couple of massive white wolves seem to be hanging out in either of them. Now, the thing that sort of gives you more alarm is the fog that comes blowing out of their nostrils and out of their mouths and the bright blue of their eyes leads you to believe that these are not any white wolves. Behind them is another set of double doors in the back wall of this chamber um, and it seems to lead into like the fortress proper. But these two wolves uh, definitely do not look like they're welcoming any sort of uh, 
intruders as they flash their fangs. Can I get a um yeah, could I get a uh, a nature check? Man, is it just like the nature check episode? I uh, guess. Six. You got a what? Six. Jared. Hold on. It keeps I, I, have disad- I have disadvantage on it. So a six. That's like, he's just so tired from climbing the mountain. He's like, I don't fucking know. It's a big dog. So yeah, you can't really make out what the difference is between this and a normal wolf. Uh, so let's roll for initiative as our friends, the wolves. Uh, appear to be at this point I want to make sure I get the numbers correct for how far they are from you guys about 30 maybe 25 feet away from the party Um, so yeah let's roll for initiative super quick this is like the Norhill rolls well on initiative episode Norhill got a 17 okay anybody get a 17 uh, higher than a 17 Kliga got a fucking 11. Ooh. Better than Jarzak. <laughs> Look at him. Jarzak, stu- yeah. He snucking himself in. He did so good. One sec. Come on. That's what Jarzak got. A what? one. Oh, Jesus. Anton got a 16. Oh, okay. That's a roll off with me. Okay. I got a 19 on the reroll, so I'll go first. Unless you oh. got a 20 in there. Uh, I got a. Oh, I got a. No, I got a 19 again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you don't add your modifier for the reroll if that's what you're doing. No, I didn't. Wait, you said you got a 19? I, I got. I, I rerolled and I got a 19 again. Oh, my God. So then we got to re-roll again, because I got a 19. Come on! Hell yeah. I got a 10. Um, one second. Okay. So at this point, uh, top of the initiative is I got Norhill. A five. So, as soon as... <laughs> so as soon as the, uh, the doors swing open and you see the wolves come popping up, um, yeah, it does not seem like they're looking to make any friends. So what would you like to do? Uh, Norhill is going to run on in uh, his full 25-foot movement. He's going to stand up in front of the one in the alcove to the north, I suppose, assuming that up is north on the map. And he's going to start swinging at it. Good luck. Uh, So the first one's a crit. Goddamn. Uh, and the second one is a 21. Damn. Okay, so both uh, hit. And let's see. So when I spend superiority dice, does that also double on a crit? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to treat it like sneak attack die. Do sneak attack die double on a crit? They do. Yes. Well, there you go. Okay, so the crit, uh, I'm going to make that a goading attack. So it's also going to need to make a DC 16 wisdom save. I passed. Okay, let's see. Uh, 
That's going to be 27 points of magical lightning and piercing damage. Okay. And was that just for the first attack? Uh, yep, because that was almost all the dice I had to hand. So the second attack is minimum damage, though seven. Oof. Okay. So with that, it does look bloodied after getting hit with both sides of the hammer like that. Um. Okay, and that's it for your turn. Uh, yep. Okay, so with that, uh, the wolves immediately start barking like crazy. Um, one of the wolves, the one that was in the other alcove, rushes forward, but seeing Norhill facing off with one of the wolves, instead makes a decision to travel toward the entrance here. It aims itself uh, at Jarzak, Klika, and Anton. And if you guys would be so kind as to give me a dexterity saving throw. Boy. And Norhill, could you also give me a dexterity saving throw? Nah, 20 for 28 total. God damn. Do you have evasion? No. Uh, Norhill got a 7. Uh, nice. Anton got a 1. <laughs> 13 <laughs> for Jarzak. Okay. Uh, so Jarzak's fine. Klika is fine. You guys take half. And what did uh, Norhill get? 7. Oof. Norhill okay. is not a dexterous so gentleman. So in that case, Norhill and Anton both take 23 points of damage. Jarzak and Klika take 11. Um, what kind of damage? Cold. As both of these wolves let out a misty breath that turns into shards and deep freezing cold as it arcs out the door, throwing shards at the party and shards also flinging at Norhill. Um, oh shit, these aren't regular wolves. <laughs> Jarzak's still catching his breath at this <laughs> point, turns around, keeps walking back up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, and now it goes to Anton. So I was going to honestly try to hit both of them with some scorching rays. Okay. Um, uh, you're probably going to have to move into the room a little bit in order to see the other wolf, since it's backed up into an alcove. Oh, shit. You're right. I'm trying to see where I can move to. Yeah, I'll give it to you if you're just outside of base contact with the first wolf. Okay. Yeah, one second. Let me get the app six. All right, let's cast Scorching Ray. Uh, sorry. First one, I got a nine. Doubt that hit. No, it did not. Second one, I got a 17. That's a hit. And the third one, I got a 15. Okay. So who's that aimed at? I was trying to aim at both of them. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So we'll give one of them to each of them. Yeah. So what's the damage? The first one, the higher one got um, 11 points of damage. 
And the second, oops, the second one got eight points of damage. Nice. Okay. So you come rushing into here, hold up the lantern, and shoot out a couple of blazing beams at both of the wolves. Uh, they seem to be deterred a little bit by this, but as you do this, they continue to keep barking at like full volume. And because of their massive size, their barks are loud and reverberate. Um, but now, if that's the end of your turn, it goes to Klika. Hmm. Okay, Klika will move up into base contact between both the wolves. Nice. Yeah. And then she will well flicker and she's gonna use a sorcery point to twin spell booming blade. So she'll attack one and then the other. Does a 21 hit the one that Norhill already attacked? Yes, most certainly. uh, 10. So that's 16 damage to that one. And then 20 does so 23 will hit the other one and that's gonna be 14 16 uh so that's 16 damage to the one in the middle of the room and then Clico will yeah that's enough that's good. Klika feels good about this. Klika feels okay. great. Okay. That doesn't sound great. Uh, but if that's it for your turn and you still feel great, you can give it to Jarzak so he can feel great too. Yeah. All right, Jarzak, do you feel great? Uh, no. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Jarzak's gonna move to get flanking on this wolf on the the wolf in the middle of the room and who's going to attack with Domro's luck oh good this couldn't end terribly for anybody could it Uh, 30 to hit 30 what the fuck is your bonus plus 11 I got a 19 second high is without a crit wait almost had it luckily I didn't curse it or else I would have (laughs) crit I was going to say, if you did that... Yeah, okay. Jesus. H. Christ. So, how much damage did you deal? 11. God damn. So, this one's dead. So, what does that look like? I guess... He just pulls out Domro's luck and upswings it at him. Alright. So, is that the end of your turn, then? Nope, I I will bonus action move to get in contact with the other wolf. Okay. And I'll attack that with Domer's luck too. Okay, sweet. Uh, 29 to hit. This cornered wolf, yeah, you hit it. Gets trapped in this corner as all three of the melee fighters come up. 11 damage. Jesus. 
Okay. So this one looks wounded, bloodied even, and uh, sort of at this point is cowering, looking for any opportunity to rush by you guys and run out of there. That's a good idea. It should do that. Well, <laughs> luckily it goes to Norhill instead, so no running for it. Norhill's going to try and finish it off. Okay. Uh, the first attack is a 26. That's a hit. And the second is a 21. Those are both hits. You hit the the uh, cornered, cowering animal. Oh my I'm god. about that. What do we got for damage on this innocent creature? I don't know. Maybe he wasn't innocent. Maybe he like uh, said 27 points of damage um, between those two hits. Okay. So this one, look, it looks very wounded at this point. Like it's on the brink of death. Um, is that the end of your turn? Yes. Okay. Um, so now, could I get a perception check from the party? Yeah. Are you going to ask nicely? No. Norhill got a three. He's too focused on this fight. See, that's what happens when you're mean to me. You people roll bad. Yeah. Uh, got a crit. He got 24. Yeah, you're getting a rude-ass four from Kleeka, but Anton's got my back. <laughs> okay, and you said a 13 from Jarzak? Yep. Okay, so Jarzak thinks he hears something coming in the distance. Anton is certain. He hears, like, in the distance, beyond the double doors uh, in this room, uh, it sounds like there's like a rallying of of huge feet coming this way, um, but it seems like it's distant. This place is made of stone, so it's hard to tell. But it definitely sounds like it's coming this way. The uh, wolf, however, tries to make a run for it and tries to escape past you guys, disengaging and dashing as it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes off automatically, right? Yeah. Yeah. It takes seven, seven booming damages. You know what the sad part is? It only has one single hit point left. Damn, oh! it never it never stood a chance. And so with that, yeah, it just tries to rush out of the room. Um, it shares a space with Anton for a split second here. Looks him dead in the him. eye. <laughs> Um, okay. Um, Norhill takes the free moment to wring the icicles out of his beard. He got hit pretty hard by that breath weapon. So what's Anton going to do? Deeply regrets not being um, able to cast spells. Where, I can't tell. Where where are these doors? Uh, the double doors are across from you in the room. Ah. Uh, I told the group Company's coming up ahead fast. Either prepare to race it or hide. Jarzak like goes to the alcove where the wolf was and hides. Anton preps a fireball. Jarzak, do you want to give the giant slaying axe to Norhill so you can keep using Domero's luck? I know how much you like that weapon for whatever reason. Because it brings good luck. You really just, you got involved with both those brothers in ways I, I don't know. Klika's just not comfortable with. Do, do you want Domro's luck back? No, Klika, no. It's yours. Klika still doesn't 
want anything to do with it, really. The hooting and hollering under the other side of the door as the party of giants is prepping is getting almost uh, deafening. Charizard goes to door. hand the axe to Norhill. Do, do you want it? Sure, why not? I'll give it a try. Uh, Norhill's going to go plant his feet. Uh, does the do the doors look like they open inward or outward? Inward. It uh, is a yeah, great so Norhill's going to go stand right in front of the door. Uh, and uh, prepares action to swing at whoever comes through. I mean, I will say, um, Anton did say he was prepping a fireball. Maybe it's going to be a big one. Yeah, and maybe Norhill will take an extra step back. Okay. Uh, nobody's addressing the winter wolf that's in the room with you guys. I mean, the oh, it wasn't regular- dead. I he thought was- it was oh, dead. I thought it, you, you said it dashed and disengaged. I thought it was gone. I know it was moving and disengaging, but it didn't have enough movement to get out of there. Oh, uh, didn't you say it had one HP? Was that after? Oh, after! Yeah, I thought you meant like it only had one, so it was gonna die. That's why. That's why it's so sad because it's got one single point. Charizard will pursue and hit it with Dolmaro's luck before it gets away. (laughs) Like, okay, very well. So Anson prepares a fireball. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought it got away. If you guys want to just say it got away, then that's totally fine by me. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd pursue it. Bonus action, then move. I'd catch it. But yeah, uh, how many rounds do you think we have before uh, the Giants get here? Maybe one or two. All right. Uh, so in that case, what Norhill is going to do is Norhill is actually going to stand a little bit further away from the door for the fireball. And he will spend those two rounds uh, activating uh, the dodge action so that he okay. can use that feat that he has. Um, see, oh, where did I write it? Yeah, the Dwarven Fortitude so that he can spend hit dice uh, to heal a little bit. Okay. Cool. And then Charizard races up a double. 19 uh, well, hit eight damage. Goes- what did you get um, to hit? 19 and did a damage to the wolf. Very well. So you knock the thing onto the ground as it tries to squeeze past Anton, prepping a fireball. What was Klika doing in that time? Klika's just going to take cover around the corner of one of the alcoves, get ready to spring out. Okay. So with that, um, at the top of the round, Norhill's uh, first in the initiative order. All right, uh, so being first in the initiative order, Norhill is going to continue to have dodge turned on because with the giant slayer, it's a great axe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, his armor class is a little bit lower. He's bumped down to an 18. Okay, maybe it's worth it, probably. Um, and then it goes to our friends at the doorway. So we will end the game with the door flinging open and before you are a quartet of ogres dressed in armed similar to the ones that you guys found in the tavern. Um, and Anton lets loose one single bead that flies past Norhill and Jarzak's heads and goes flying into their midst. And that, I think, I'm not sure, is where we're going to end it. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. 
And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons. Dungeons.